0: Today on the show, we go on a hunt for answers. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and themes behind some of our favorite universes. I'm Kevin. And I'm Chief Deputy Inspector (laughs) Jaden. Hello. So, episode one we've done, now we're on episode two. Episode two of Andor. I would say a lot of stuff happens in this episode. It felt fairly filler-esque, but uh, it was good. I liked it. Would you say filler or setup? Because I would say so. Oh, okay. Okay, we'll talk about that. We'll talk Absolutely. about that. All right, all right. So like before, what we're going to do is we're going to do a brief synopsis coverage of the episode with some sprinkled fun lore and all that stuff and some yep. analysis and stuff. And then we're going to go into more detail of how we feel about the episode as well as what we kind of hope to see in the future as the series progresses. Yep, and this is episode two, so if you haven't
1: heard episode zero or one, please go back and listen to those and then come back so that you know what the hell we're talking about. Yeah, what's what's Star Wars? That's, that's oh boy, we don't have a lot of <laughs> t- time to
0: unpack that one. <laughs> All right, well, first we're going to do a little bit of housekeeping. We would love to hear from you guys, our listeners, so email us at podcasts at loreparty.com with your thoughts, questions, and anything you have going on with this episode or any other ones, we, you might be able to tell us something and we might be able to talk about it. So email us. And if you want to connect with us in
1: person, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. You could find Kevin at In the Loop. that's I-N underscore the underscore L-U-P-E on Twitter
0: and K underscore L-O-O-P-Z on Twitch. And you can find Mr. Jaden over here at Mr. Jadjay, Mr. J-A-D-J-A-Y on Instagram and Twitter. That's me. And of course, you can connect with the Lore Party team on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at lore underscore party. So before we dive in, again, spoiler warning, if you haven't seen episode one, Don't listen to this episode. Come back, watch the episode, listen to our first episode, and then watch episode two and come listen to this episode. But seriously, we warned you, there's always spoilers going on here, and if you don't want to be spoiled, take your time. Don't worry about it. We're not going anywhere. All right, now that we've officially warned you, let's get into it. So we open up with the
1: tribe of kids from the first episode, including a young Cassian, making their way towards the crashed ship. And on their way, we see an old uh, gorge or quarry with old mining equipment. And young Cassian's like looking over it, and he seems to like. Uh, it brings up like a weird emotion for him, like like it's familiar but not at the same time. And then he realizes he's getting left behind, so he runs off. And then that's when we cut to the present, where we see a man uh, walking up some stairs, and he grabs a massive pair of hammers. And he starts to set up for like a rhythmic uh, uh, a bell routine. And it's a really awesome sequence because he starts pounding on it like he's pounding on a forge. It kind of gave me like yeah. uh, blacksmith vibes, but it was making yep. art. It was really
0: cool. Was the metal of that, did it look familiar to you?
1: I do not. I know where you're going with this. I don't think it's Beskar. That would be a a real big waste of Beskar to make it a giant
0: battle. I I agree. I really thought it looked like Beskar. I was like, oh, shit. That would have gotten,
1: listen, if that planet is, if that planet's reputation does precede it, that shit would have gotten
0: stolen like last week. (laughs) The week after it was installed, it would have been nicked. (laughs) Okay, so now night has fallen, and all the characters that we saw in episode one, they're all going home. It's the end of the day. I guess that bell that we heard in the beginning of episode one is actually this guy, Hammer Man. And he's just, you know, banging away, and everybody's just getting ready to go home. So all of a sudden, we see Bix, and Bix sees a message while they're, well, you know, she's closing up the shop, and she sees this message on a console, and she looks really concerned. And obviously it's the message that uh, Karn sent out at the end of episode one. And so Tim walks in and he's just like, what's going on? And she doesn't say anything, just kind of looks down and then looks up and goes, "Uh, nothing, just tired. And he asks her, hey, you want to hang out tonight and everything? And she's like, "Uh, maybe, maybe tomorrow. Let's hang out tomorrow. And he's like, all right, sounds good. Fine, whatever. Sounds like a date. He asks her to close the back of the shop up, and he'll handle the rest. So as she leaves, Tim runs to the console. Literally, he like just runs fairly quickly to the console to look yep. at it, and he reads the message. And it is the message, and we see the whole message, and it talks about a can- uh, canarian male, dark features, all this other shit. And you kind of just see Tim's eyes kind of, you know, they're kind of looking around like, hmm. And then, of course... I instantly knew what was happening and I was pissed. Well, I thought it was kind of cool too that they had the,
1: uh, they had the uh, Star Wars language on the screen and then it translated it to English. I was like, that's kind of nice. That was really cool. I was like, all right, that, that, that gets that out of the way because I was wondering if they were actually going to do that. But then they did it was great. Uh, and the meanwhile, this is going on. Uh, Cassian, we finally get to see him go to his house where he lives with his mom in B2 Emo, our favorite new droid. Star Wars and fun droids, it never gets old. And we find out that his mom's name is uh, Marva. And she's like, what's going on with your face? And he explains that he fell and everything's fine. He's just gonna wash him and go to bed. And she's like, just looking at him like, all right, you little shithead, like I know what's going on. And she tells B2Emo to read out the message. And it's the message that Tim received. You know, hey, there's a Kanari mail on the loose, everyone be on high alert. And she immediately is like, who knows you're from Canary? We've always said Fest. Fest is where you're from. We've always said you were born on Fest. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. everything's fine. Everything's fine. And then she's like, I've been hiding you for years. You know, everything, everything going on is Fest. And then she goes, was it Bix? And he's like, ah, no, don't, don't worry about Bix. Bix is nobody.
0: Yeah, and then she ends up like yelling and says, who the hell told them about Canari? And then he kind of confesses and says, well, that was me. And B2Emo says Bix has been calling him for the last couple hours. And so, obviously, he ignores Marva and is trying to figure out, you know, where Bix is. Because he's like, oh, shit. like Because it's it's about this buyer. And, and he's like, really, really, really needs this guy to show up so he can get this cash. Yep. Um, And the whole time, she's, like, yelling at him. And she's like, what the hell's going on? What's, what did you do? And he ends up, you know, he's really curt. And he turns around and then ends up yelling at her. And... She asks him, she's like, what did you do? And then he kind of yep. just confesses and is like, this is what happens. I messed up. And it, they they cut, but obviously he tells her the story of what the hell happened.
1: Exactly. He uh, he leaves and makes his way to Bix. And Bix is even like, what did you do? You know, like, what's, what's happening? Like, she found out the information, and he's, and he's like, listen, it's not my fault. You know, he just needs enough money to get off world. Like, he just needs... She, he needs her buyer to show up so he can it, pair get his money, sell the part that he has, and to get away. And she's like, hey, he'll be here in the morning. And he takes her hand, and he's like, he thanks her. He's like, yeah, I won't forget this. And just as he does that, fucking Tim, the shithead, with two M's in his name, shows up and sees them holding hands, and he instantly is like, oh, oh, there, there. She, she's cheating on me with this guy.
0: There's my reason to be a dick.
1: Yeah, so then he immediately goes to a transport kiosk
0: and sends a message. And as soon as that happens, we cut, and we're back at that command center area where those people were kind of talking about the planet earlier in episode one, at where uh, Karn was screaming and yelling. And they are looking at Tim's message. They are, like, receiving it right then and there, and you're watching him send the message. And they have a lead now on Cassian. And they have his name, they have everything, and they have an image of him. It's a couple of years old, and he definitely looks younger than what he looks like now. Uh, but Karn walks in, and they're like, oh, we, we got him. We, we have a photo. And he looks at it, and he just stares at it. Now, I don't know if they have history. I don't know if they've ever met. I don't know any of that. But there's something there. Karn just, I don't know. I think Karn just probably just views this photo with detest. I
1: think he sees this as his opportunity. If he can catch this brutal killer and bring him to justice then that, yeah. that will lead him to, you know, higher position, Yep. which I, I said this in the first episode. I think that he is someone who desires to be in Imperial service and just didn't make the cut for whatever reason. Yep. And I think that he's seeing this as his ticket to the big time, Yeah. you know, the big leagues, yep. AKA an ensign on some Imperial Star Destroyer. Yeah,
0: pretty much. And so then... The woman who was there at the brothel in episode one, she walks out. The hostess that spoke with Cassian, she walks out of another room with another guard. And uh, Karn just kind of turns and looks at her. Basically, they're going to use her to say, like, hey, can you verify this is the dude? Uh, That's pretty much what we're going to see. And Bix, we all then cut, and uh, Bix now is at Tim's. And she's a little tipsy and she's like, hey man, is it too late to hang out? Like, fuck tomorrow. Let's hang out today. And they end up they end up wrestling.
1: <laughs> Star Wars has established sex as canon. I mean, how else are people gonna There's all the jokes all the jokes I kept seeing online? It was so funny. Everyone's like, Star Wars, sex as canon. I'm like, literally, Luke and Leia, we see them get bored, you fools. I know, I know. I, it's stupid. Uh, Back at headquarters, we see uh, Karn meets a Sergeant Moss. I think it's Moss. Is it Moss? Is it Moss? I think it's Moss. Well, we're going to call him Moss. And we're going to call him, actually, I'll call him Sarge. This dude is like, he is, Karn's like looking in a mirror. This dude is like, absolutely, sir. We are military men. We are doing our duty. Like two of our comrades in arms died. And Karn's like, finally, somebody gets me. Absolutely. Somebody's finally speaking the same language as me. And Karn's like, all right, uh, how many men do you think we'll need? He's like, oh, 12, 12 to 14. And he's like, and I assume you're going to join me, sir. And he's like, uh, y- yes, uh, of course. And it's, the sergeant is just like, hats off to you, man. Like, you're doing great. You're finally taking action. Like, this guy's, I mean, I'm, this, it's so funny. Karn's like, where have you been all my life? Like, you're beautiful.
0: <laughs> he's giving him this validation. He, he So, so much craves.
1: Yep, And it's funny because, like, this guy, like, he keeps going like he's like, oh, thank you, thank God that you and the chief inspector absolutely we need we need to deal with this. And the carns like, yes, the chief inspector is involved in this, absolutely. <laughs> and it's so funny to see him being like, like the fact that he's disobeying. I th- honestly, I think that if he found out that he was disobeying orders from the chief, I think this sergeant guy would be like, oh, well, then why the fuck are we doing this? Like we've been given an order to stand down. We should stand down. That's how. That's how by the book this
0: guy is. Yeah. So we do a quick cut to B2Emo and Marva, who we saw earlier, and they are clearly concerned. Uh, They're kinda walking around the house, and they are, they're not happy. They're really worried about what's gonna happen. And then we cut to Cassian, and he's at that ship that we saw earlier that he slept in in episode one. And he's going through the ship and he grabs this device or whatever that he's saving to sell. Uh, we, we, We kinda get a glimpse of it, but not really, not yet. We don't really see it too much, but he's stashing it in his bag. And then he grabs a small rifle. Now, clearly, he he stares at it. Clearly, he's nervous. Clearly, he's scared. He he doesn't seem the calm and cool collective Cassian that he is in episode one when he's, like, you know, shooting the shit with people. Or when even people are hassling him, he's able to, like, kind of get out of it. This is something where I think he clearly realizes this is not going to be something he's going to be able to get out of by like just talking his way out of it or just like being himself almost if that makes sense like just just his personality is not going to get him out of this situation i think he's
1: he's he's feeling the noose tightening i think he knows that he's on a timetable to get away and i think he's it's it's slowly it's slowly dawning on him He's like oh i'm running out of time i've got to get all this stuff done and there's not enough time in the day to get it all
0: yeah and and what's cool is the 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 way the shot goes is they show him looking at his weapon and then looking like really super nervous and worried and scared. And then all of a sudden it cuts to a younger version of him doing the same thing. Yep. Doing the exact same thing. They're looking
1: at the crashed ship and they're they're noticing like uh, people laying in the ruins of the ship, just laying outside. And they then form like a weird like battle line. They're like, all right, you guys go that way. I'll go this way. And the leader she crawls down to like move in the middle of it. it's kind of it's kind of cool she kind of makes herself a sacrifice almost like she's like all right i'm going to go in the middle you guys cover me from the cover me from the ridge line
0: it's pretty cool it's like actual like interesting hunting tactics tactic. like they're, they're they're it's hunting tactics it's pretty cool and we see like this weird golden gas that keeps coming from the ship too like it's it's weird it's like the whole ship is not on fire or anything there's just all this like gold gas mist that's popping off Okay, so now we cut to a very fancy ship, and I mean fancy ship. This is a really cool-looking ship. Uh, It's being driven by uh, Stalin Skarsgård's character, Luthen Rael, and his character drives this ship onto Ferex, and we see him making his way to the transport ships that are taking him to town. He he asks his ship, how far do I have to park? You know, what am I got to do? And he gets on this ship, And now it's the next morning, and it's Hammer Guy again. He's at it again. He's boom, 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 and everybody's waking up. And Tim has been up all night. Tim's been sitting in the corner. He's just sitting there. And Bix wakes up and is like, hey, what's going on? And he's like, oh, nothing. And she's like, do you have the Star Wars equivalent to coffee, basically? And... (laughs) <laughs> and it was what is it called? It was called like uh It's called calf. Calf, yeah. You got some caffeine, like which, pretty much. Like, it was great. I thought it was funny. It's it it's called calf in
1: uh legends as well, which I was like, hey, there we go. Something else made it through. Leg uh calf and refreshers.
0: You got that Star Wars calf, baby. It's like it's I felt I felt like it was like a which, beatnik. Which, Yo, man you got one- that calf.
1: <laughs> we are one step away from getting hot chocolate. <laughs> I can feel it in my bones. We're gonna get hot chocolate. The most despised Legends drink item ever. (laughs) I just want Luke to Skywalker to order a hot chocolate and everything will be complete. That's great. Read, uh, read Timothy Zahn's heir to the empire. If you don't know what I'm talking about.
0: So he says, okay, yeah, I got some coffee, whatever. Here you go. And calf, sorry, calf. And she looks at him and she's like, Hey, what's wrong? And he gives her the same exact answer that uh, she gave him. He's just like, Oh, nothing. Just tired. Just tired. And the best hiding secret excuse uh, I guess in this whole Star Wars world. So Bix then says she's got some errands to run. She's going to kind of leave and, and go do some stuff. And she asks, you know, can you set up the shop? And he's like, yeah, sure, sure. I could set up the shop. And she's like, okay. And then she like kind of just goes to get ready. And we like see him yep. just sitting there like staring. Like He feels uh-oh. a little guilty. He feels a little guilty. I think guilty, he I feels think. guilty, but I think he's a little nervous too or worried maybe. Yeah. I think he's worried. Honestly, I think he's worried she's going to
1: find out. Not that he did it. I think he's just worried that she's going to find out that he did it. I agree. So we cut back to Cassie and he's collecting his gear and B2Emo is complaining, you know, asking him to stay. You know, stop. Don't don't gather yourself up. Stay, please. Which, you know, you get the feeling that they've been together for a while. We find out a little later how long they've been together. But I think it's kind of cool him just being like, like, hey, man, don't like it's like a sad. Just hey, don't leave. What are you doing? Stop. And while he's doing this, uh, Marva is actually at the house and she's looking through Cassian's stuff and she finds the staff that he was holding when he was a kid. We then cut to the children with their staves getting closer to the ship. You know, they're looking at the bodies. They're all weird. They're like all yellow. They're wearing like broken gas masks. And interesting enough, they're also wearing uh, jumpsuits that have the CIS logo on them. Hey. Uh, interesting. So one of the bodies actually falls out, and uh, when this happens, the, like, the, the leader, like, she's like, oh, my God, what's going on? One of the other guys actually gets up and shoots her from behind, and then all the kids, turns out those are not staffs, but actually giant blow dart guns, and they just, you know, they, they, they shoot the guy with, with darts, and this, this dude gets lit up by these kids. It's badass. And they all, you know, that guy drops, and so they all run up to their leader, and she's clearly dead. So they grab her and they carry her back and then Cassian's by himself and he just looks back at the ship like, hey, I'm going to keep going.
0: He has a fist too. He's pissed. So then we cut to an older Cassian and he's trying to gain a discreet ship to take off world uh, to Tassa. And the guy, he goes up to this like booth and the guy there is hanging out with another alien and they're talking and stuff and they're talking about Kanari. And the man says, "Hey, you ever hear about Canari? You know anybody from Canari?" And Cassian's like, "Who? What? Uh, no, 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 no. I don't know. You're what's a Canari? Is that something you drink? Yeah. What's that? What What drink is that? I don't know. He basically plays dead. Dead plays dumb. He plays dumb. Well, he might as well be dead because now they're all looking yeah. for him. And so he haggles with this guy, and at the end of it, he needs 700 credits to get him out immediately and discreetly because that's the whole thing he doesn't want anybody yep. to follow him he doesn't want anybody to know he's leaving so he tells this guy be ready in an hour he's got I think what did he say he says that like 500 credits and so he needs a little bit more so he's like alright this guy's showing up to buy this thing I got an hour I'll sell it yeah I'll leave be, yep. be there be ready in an hour keep the engines running and the guy's like alright fine okay cool and the alien keeps going on about Canary and the guy's finally like dude shut up leave it alone yep it's so great it's good
1: Meanwhile in hyperspace, Karn and his assault team are getting ready. The sergeant's giving like this great big speech, you know, like hey, you know, this guy's armed and dangerous. We got this. and he's like, "All right, and now we're going to have our leader give us uh, an inspiring speech." And Karn is just not good at it. It's so great.
0: cringe.
1: Which again, I think that's which which it shows I think the separation between him and an imperial officer, cuz an imperial officer would totally have nailed that speech. And he's over here like all right, guys, let's uh, let's let's, let's get him. for justice. Right, uh, um, for justice? yeah. Uh huh. And like, and then the, the sergeant's even like, all right, everybody clap. Like yeah.
0: Je- Jeb Bush, please clap, please clap, <laughs> please clap. Uh, but the, the, what was cool too is uh, one of the guys like falls asleep. He's like, oh god, oh. Like you could tell, even Karn is uncomfortable. Like the whole thing was just like yeah. cringe central. Exactly. And after this weird ass speech, Luthen is now on a transport, and he's on a transport with an elderly man who I don't know where this guy looked familiar from, but he looked very familiar um, from probably like another movie or TV show or something, but this guy's chatting him up. And at first he does not seem very interested in entertaining this man. He's just like, I just, please leave me alone. But then he's like, all right, fine, whatever. What's up? And they talk about how the planet's changed in the last couple of decades, you know, since the empire, since the corpse and all that, the, the last couple of decades has kind of reshaped this planet. And, it, it It's pretty interesting to, to hear like an older generation side of, of, of where they were, where they are now, how things have changed. Like, oh, you know, this transport wasn't a thing and all this. And so clearly this planet has changed since the last like 10 to 20 years. And then all of a sudden it cuts to Cassian at a shipyard where people are taking apart to what seems to be Republic ships. So, hey, there you go probably Cal Kestis little nod there or something like that, but Mm -hmm. it ends with him walking through the shipyard with his head down, but also kind of with a purpose.
1: All right, now that we've talked about the episode, we're going to do a quick break, get our ads in there, and then we're going to jump into our reactions for the episode, so stick around. Okay, now that we're back, we got all that out of the way, let's get into
0: our synopsis and our feelings on it kevin why don't you start us off well i felt uh this episode was definitely much faster than the last one it was a little bit shorter i think by a couple minutes um i thought we had a really good introduction of a few new characters uh as well as you know seeing more of the everyday life of the people on the planet which i really liked i i I liked that immersion i love hammer guy hammer guy all the way (laughs) love him love him uh I thought the jealousy with Tim was kind of hilarious. Like, leave it up to some guy who just doesn't think he's good enough to try and get rid of a dude who has literally no interest in that person. No like, interest. Like, he has no interest in her, and this guy is like, oh, God, you like my girlfriend. Like, no, bro. Like, he does not care. Um, he doesn't yeah. care. He's got his own problems. Definitely. I really liked meeting uh, Marva. She was cool, and I'm definitely looking forward to learning more about how she is relevant to Cassian's past, how, why she's hiding him, how she met him, all that stuff. Yep. And then seeing a child die, like for no reason, is pretty fucking dark uh, for Star Wars. I don't think we've ever seen a child get murdered like that in Star Wars. And by that, I mean, like, that's not true. Oh, wait, hold on. By that, I mean, go ahead. That guy just straight up shot a kid. And the kid died, and we that's not something that we normally see. We don't normally see like a kid kid, like, like they were still like maybe 14. We didn't, I I hear you, I
1: hear you, but I raise you Darth Vader in episode three of Kado. But we didn't see that he
0: murders that kid for no reason, and
1: it's fucking gory. We didn't
0: see it, it's just implied, like, yeah, he killed younglings, yeah, he, but like. No, 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 no. I'm talking
1: about in the village. When Vader strolls into that village, murders the dad, the kid comes out to like,
0: oh, dad, are you okay? And then he kills the kid right. too. You're right. But what I meant was like, s- s- like I don't know. I feel like that was not senseless killing. That was to create fear. This was just like the guy woke up and shot the kid. Like it wasn't like, do you know what I mean? There was like no purpose to it.
1: I, I mean, I think, you know, you wake up on a strange planet after a crash and there's someone... With a stick poking guess, at your buddy, you'd
0: shoot him. I just, I don't know. I felt like that was one of my biggest gripes for the episode where I was like, why did you kill her? What's the point? Where does it serve the purpose of her dying? Like, she didn't attack you. She just looked at, turned, and and he didn't even, he just shot her like almost in the back, kind of. But I, I digress. That was like the weirdest thing for me. Um, I think Karn is an absolute joke. Like, he's the kid, kind of kid who like, when you were in class and, you know, the bell's about to ring, he would be the kid who asked the teacher, like, hey, is there ho- homework? Like, do we have homework? Like, that would be him. Um, but other than that, I really didn't have any complaints for the episode. I mean, I I felt like it, for me, I felt like it was filler, but still grabbed your attention, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I know that makes sense to me. I would say that same thing is that the episode was set up. It's putting the pieces in place for the third episode. Uh, But I really do want to talk about uh, the the uniforms that those guys were wearing in the flashback sequence because they are CIS uniforms. Those are CIS symbols on him. And that's weird because in the old, in the canon that was established for the Rogue One movie, uh, Cassian was a CIS rebel. Mm -hmm. So what's going on there? That's something that I think we're going to hopefully get into in later episodes, but you know, because the setup, the, he even says, like, I've been in this fight since I was six years old. Like, that's the line that always stuck in my head in Rogue One. So I'm wondering if that still rings true. Yeah. You know, but because like, cause I don't know if he's, he doesn't look like he's six years old to me in those flashbacks. No,
0: I thought he was more like 10.
1: I thought 10, yeah. So I don't know. So we'll see. Maybe we'll find out. That uh, the Republic bombed Kanari or something, you know, Yeah. that maybe that's why all the, all the, all the people, all the men, like maybe they were building, uh, they were mining ore to build battle droids. Ooh, Nice. And that's why they were, and like, so like all the men were like, men and all the adults were like taken off the planet. And these guys are just like, what was left? Like that was hiding in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out hopefully.
0: Okay, so this episode had a lot more quotes that I uh, picked out and stuff like that that I thought really gave a really nice sense of theme and just kind of overall, they stood out. They were really cool quotes. The first one was from the sergeant who, he, he's explaining what's going on, you know, why. It's, it's when he's telling Karn, like, oh, hey, man, like, I like what you're doing. But he says, pockets are fermenting out there, sir. And I think it's a great way of foreshadowing revolt um, and describing how those in the empire view the beginning of the resistance. They've already started to view, like, this guy is not an empire employee, you know, he's not in the military, but he's in the security part that's a little bit below, you know, it's at a corporation and who owns the corporations and the banks and all that stuff, the empire. So, but this guy's saying like, you know, pockets are fermenting. Like, they already see like little pockets of people and they see, when they say fermenting, they're like, yeah, they're, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, like decay is starting within the empire and we see these little yep. things. So it's not necessarily full rebellion, but we see that there are these pieces of shit like that are just out there. So I thought that was a really cool way of, of uh, foreshadowing that and also just kind of showcasing how, how they viewed it. The other quote I saw was um, the best way to keep the blade sharp is to use it. That's another quote from him in the same sequence. And yep, I thought that was, Really, really cool because it shows how these types of authority figures kind of just want violence in some way, at least to assert their authority. and It it justifies their existence. Exactly. It shows that, you know, like you have a gun, so you should use it, which is obviously a terrible mindset to have. You should always think of 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 how you should never want or should never need to use whatever weapon you have. So it just shows how those in power... Can just be straight up unstable. And they so they they see the the violence as a means of control and like I can be violent, I, so I should. Therefore, you will not be, you know, a pocket of fermentation.
1: Well, and I also think, too, this Sergeant Moss, he's he's gotta prove himself. Yeah. And I think that's where Karn is as well. I think they're they're both like, they want to prove that they are worthy of being an imperial service. Like, I think that they're the guys that they read about bad stuff happening and they're like, well, I'm going to be the one to do something about it. Exactly. Not really understanding the context of what might be happening, which is interesting because I think the chief inspector, I think he actually understands what's going on in the galaxy. I think he's like, I would, yeah, he's just like, yep, I think uh, these guys that, you know, that they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. That's how this works. Whereas these guys are like, nope, this is, we must... Uh, you know what it is? It's uh, it's Javert. You know, mm-hmm. it, this is Les Miserables in, in space. Yeah. Is what this is. Yeah. You know this. This is um. I will. You know, I will catch. I will catch him. I will catch Jean Valjean. No, no matter what. Yeah. But no, you're just you're 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 barking up the wrong
0: tree here. You're you're. It doesn't really matter. It's just all the context clues behind it are just not there. They don't see that. Yes. No, exactly. They're blind. Now, another quote from one of these guys, Karn. One of the things that Karn says in that super awkward freaking speech, he says, There comes a time when the risk of doing nothing becomes the greatest risk of all. Like, that's he says it in, like, that pencil-pushy, annoying voice with his, like, voice kind of cracking. Now, okay, I will say, While this quote is actually a great way of thinking, it doesn't really translate to his situation very well at all. Like, I get the whole point of being like, hey, man, you know, this mindset is a great way to have when, like, you know, an authority figure oversteps their bounds or does something Mm -hmm. wrong. But as the authority figure, as well as, you know, in this specific situation already, who has overstepped their bounds... It is already an overstepping rational, like rationalization. Like he's already like, it doesn't process the, the background context clues don't process for his situation. And he is just like, I can't let this go by. And it's like, Hey, well, your guys were fucking assholes and they basically like did it to themselves, but they died. It's like, okay, cool. They died while trying to hurt somebody, but they died. It's like, holy shit, dude. By,
1: by, so it, it's it's interesting too because Carns coming from the idea of that because they were employees and members of the security force, then that means that they have they should, in his mind, they should be at a level that is above the petty things that the chief inspector definitely knows that they were doing. Yep, you know, just by the nature of them being, you know, these officers of the law, they should be always on the right side of that law, and I don't think that he understands that they're people. Can be corrupt while also being in a position of power. I think in his mind, in his mind, he's going, Well, I would never do that. Therefore, these guys would also not do that. I I believe I'm infallible. Therefore, everyone else who wears the same uniform as me is also infallible. Well
0: that's the thing too, though. The authority figure can do no wrong. This is one of those people's This is one of those people who see authority and authority figures as Control is good, and these are the people to help other people. Control helps people, and, like, that's how this guy sees it. There is order. I must have order. Therefore, nothing can go wrong, and we need to follow the rules for order. That way, you know, n- n- chaos will reign if we do not. Like, that's that's how this guy's mind works. Now, the other quote I have, um, there are two really good quotes and it's the old dude at the end, the transport that uh, the the guy that he's talking to um at the end. He says, "Who knows who you're talking to these days?" which right away is probably the best sum up for the episode because it shows not only how everything has changed since the empire, but also how everyone so far has been hiding their own secrets. So far, everybody in this episode has been hiding secrets, right? You know, uh, you got Tim hiding the secret of I want to get Cassie out of the picture. You have Cassian hiding all God knows how many secrets. You have Bix, who's been hiding about this person that she knows that is, you know, uh, supposed to be this contact. And then also you have Karn, who was told to hide this whole thing and has not so i just thought it was really cool to like say like you know who who knows who you're talking to nowadays like you don't know nobody knows who you are you can be anonymous while also being you know just a, a secretive piece of shit like everybody here has a secret to to hold
1: yep but i also think it's you know hey we're playing among us
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no everyone is who knows who's sus
0: yeah literally the whole thing is just sus everybody here is sus And then, of course, the last quote, I just thought the quote was really cool. It was the last quote of the episode. It was, if you can't find it here, it's not worth finding. I just thought that was a really fun quote. I thought that was really cool. That's a fun quote, yeah. All right, now that we're done with the quotes, let's get into our questions. Kevin, what questions do you have from this Um, episode? I think the having secrets thing is going to play a larger role in the series. So I'd like to see how every character that becomes part of his main group because eventually he will have a main group of people. We're going to have a main group of cast. I'm not saying that it's going to be these people in the beginning, but we will have like a main group of people. Um, And I'm, I'm, I'm very curious. I'd like to see how all these characters become part of that group. Um, Mm -hmm. And how like, you know, the main group hides things from each other and how that's going to impact the adventure and just all those people. So I'm really curious. I want to know how all this stuff comes together. And then, I, I, I said it in the last episode, but I, I kind of feel like, again, cyberpunk edge runners, like where they are, yep. like it just don't ask about the past, right? So in edge runners, spoiler alert for that, they have this thing where they're like, you know, their group, they go, don't talk about the past. We're, we're not going to, I'm not going to ask you where you come from or any of that stuff. Just do the job, you know? So like I kind of felt like that, you know? Like, what what like don't ask questions kind of thing about the past so i'm i'm also kind of curious about how that's gonna you know tie into everything because that's the thing is cassian's been hiding his entire past and so i want i I, that's how i felt like does anybody care about it are they like i want to know if anybody's going to care about him the person like where he's been from or is it just going to be like you know can you get the job done that's all i care about um
1: I'm I'm thinking it's probably going to be more the latter, yeah, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Uh, so then also, I'm also curious about Karn's past. Like, I definitely want to know why he is the way he is. Will this lead to him being part of the Empire, you know, in a larger way or whatever? I, I that, that That's kind of how I started viewing it. Like, you have these two guys, Cassian and Karn, and I, 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 I kind of think, like, they're going to be butting heads a lot. At least I hope so, because I do think it would be a really cool dynamic. So I'd like to know if they're going to do that and then I kind of want to just know more about Karn's past because we've seen all this stuff with Cassian for a little bit. I kind of want to know about this mm. guy. Like, can you humanitize I, this guy and make me feel more with him? interesting. I don't know. Like, I want to not, I guess humanitize, humanize, whatever. I want to know, should I care about go. this villain? Do you know what I mean? Like, should I care about? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm telling you right now, this is going to be Les Miserables *Robin*, space.
1: I think it's going to be <laughs> Javert hunting down space Jean Valjean. That's really what it is because th- these characters are too perfect in that way they're the exact same mindsets. I think my biggest question is still what's up with the CIS. I'm excited to see what's going on
0: with that. Yeah. I know the CIS thing is like a big deal for you. So
1: it is. It's it's larger canon is where I get I get ex- the most excited about. So
0: we'll see where that leads. Uh, final thoughts Kevin? Um yeah, overall I think the episode it did feel like filler at least for me. Um, but like you said, setup. I think that I think that's a good way to say it too. Um, yep. But I think it had enough meat, you know. Like I think it had enough meat in the story to keep going. And when I say filler, I mean like immersive scenes too, like hammer guy, right, and other people closing shops, etc. I enjoyed that though. So like that's 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 my thing. Like when I say filler, I mean like seeing mm-hmm. more of the everyday aspect of of what's going on, like, you know, trying to immerse the audience in the feeling of what it's like to be there, like actually be there. And I think there is a luxury to that being a TV show where we don't get that same luxury in a film. You can draw these things out and make those scenes actually work. This is the most flushed out Star
1: Wars world we've seen in a long time. Yeah, Uh, that's We know more about this world than we, like the only world I think we know more about is Tatooine, but that's only because we've been there like, like 30 goddamn times. Like we've been there so much. We know how it works, but like we really don't know like how Bespin works or, you know, even Mustafar. It's like we we haven't been there enough. But at this plan, I'm like, nope. I know exactly what's going on here. Yeah, and I love that. I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, yeah this this episode is not a filler episode. It's a setup episode. I think all the pieces are now in place to start the journey that we are looking for. I think these were ne- this was a necessary setup episode. Um, and I'm really excited to see where it goes in episode
0: three. I'm curious. Are you? How do you feel about the dynamic of Karn and Cassian? I'm I'm just very curious about what you think about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I'll say it again. Uh, it's great. This is Jean Valjean versus Javert. This is going to be. Uh, I think that Cassian is going to get drawn into a larger uh, stage. I think he's going to get brought into uh, run run-ins with the Empire itself. But I think like. During all of that, I think that there's going to be this inspector on his tail chasing him no matter what. And I I bet you there's even a moment where Andor reveals to him, like, hey, the Empire is fucked. And he's going to be like, I don't care. You murdered two employees of my corporation. <laughs> yeah. And and I, I think that's going to be – I don't think Karn's going to make it through this series. I'm going to say that just – just, just going to say that right now. I don't think he's going to make it. Really? But, I think there will be an interesting, I wonder if there'll be an interesting, like, reveal with him where, he, you know, he learns the errors of of the Empire and, like, sees that he's just a, a cog in the machine. I mean, how interesting would it be if, like, there they get to a point where, like, he captures Andor, you know, like, he's got him held prisoner and he's going to turn him into the Empire and then the like an imperial like officer or moth like walks down a gangplank and he's like, uh, "Sir, I caught this rebel for you." And then the guy just kills him, Ooh, just blows Karn away. Yeah, that would like like if okay, like you are like you're standing in my way. Just get the hell out of my way. I miss you know Cassian Andor. Hmm. Finally, I've I've caught you at last. Like that would be like, it would be such a such an interesting end to his character. Just. You know, just uh, yup you're, you're you are you are so below my level of notice that this criminal is more important at this time than you,
0: yeah, I definitely think this episode had a lot of like the whole authority figure thing and you know, them being just very assertive with their power. I think this was a lot about power absolutely this whole episode was a lot about power and how Cassian doesn't really have any,
1: yeah. He's at the bottom. He's at the start of his game. Bottom of the ladder. And with that, we hope you enjoyed this episode. And If you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. And be sure to connect with us on Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at lore underscore party. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one.